Hey guys, uh, Seth here, and uh, just wanted to give a quick uh, update before we start this episode. Josh is here too. Hi, Josh. Um, update. Update time. So we <laughs> recently experienced a first on the podcast. Uh, we experienced a uh, a strike against our SoundCloud page because Universal City Group heard a sample of one of the songs we did and decided that they didn't want us to use 30 seconds of one of their songs. So they, uh, they shouted us out. I tried to contest it under... Uh, fair use, which is a thing that exists that I don't think a lot of people realize exists. And because SoundCloud's system is automated and doesn't actually have you interact with a person, uh, they just kind of handed us a strike. So, suffice to say, we're dealing with it. We uh, are a little low on, uh, you know, funding, and we're trying to, you know, make sure the cops don't take us out. So... We'll get to the bottom of it. We'll uh, we'll show up to their offices and we'll handle it. It'll be good. Uh, but because this is totally fair use. We're we're critiquing. We're using this uh, music for critique. Right. And it's a small sample. Exactly. We're not claiming it's ours. We aren't. Uh, we are in fact giving credits to every single song that we use in the notes of each one of our episodes. Um, but <laughs> just to be safe gonna do it a little differently this time so when you listen to the clips this episode just you know do your best to imagine picture in your head go to that special place trust me it'll be good oh it'll be fun oh yes so anyway uh sit back relax and uh enjoy the episode cheers guys cheers (laughs) sipping on some 40s yeah yeah talking about the 40s oh yeah everyone, and welcome to another episode of 40s and 40s. I'm Seth. I'm Josh. And today, we will be counting down more hot hits from the Billboard Hot 100. So, uh, without further ado, let's crack these open here. Josh, <laughs> if I can... <laughs> bag get, sounds. If I can get these out of the bag, what do we got here today? Oh, we've got Modelo. Oh, yeah, Hell boy. Yeah. So much Modelo. Um, for the record, we uh, couldn't find these in 40s, so we're doing um, a six-pack of it. So for those of you keeping score at home, uh, yes, this is still official, so don't add us. <laughs> also, I really like Modelo. I do, too. Modelo so, is delicious and nutritious. Yeah. So cheers, cheers buddy. to Modelo. Oh, it's so good. I feel like out of, well, I feel like out of all the cheap beers, this is definitely, like, top three. Definitely. I just like this, you know, in earnest. <laughs> I like this in earnest. I didn't care how much it costs. Yeah. It's <clears throat> like, uh, I feel like Modelo is, like, when you're at a bar and they're like, hey, we've got $2.00. $2 beers, and you're like, oh man, it's probably gonna be PBR, and they're like, it's a Modelo, and you're like, oh shit, they don't even know how good this is. It's time to get turned. Time to get a little cranked. Um, I just want to say, yeah. before we start recording, Seth, yeah. Seth was looking at the songs we're gonna do, and Seth's <laughs> like, he says like, uh, I'm excited, but I have a little trepidation. <laughs> he said it all like 
dry like that. It's because I do. Um, Trepidation. I made a mistake of actually looking at what the songs were before. I, I haven't. I still haven't listened to any of them, but I was looking at what the songs were, and now I, I do have some trepidation. <laughs> but you know, we're going to go through this together, and uh, it's going to be great. So let's, um, let's see what we got here. Let's see what we got here. So starting with the top five... Number one is Still Nice For What by Drake. Glad to see that he's still riding that Lauren Hill wave. Uh, number two is Psycho by our good friend Post Malone. Uh, number three is God's Plan, also by Drake. Number four is This Is America by uh, Childish Gambino. Uh, and then number five is The Middle by Zed. So we've actually done all those songs. Woo and yay. Uh, oh, yeah. and oh... Oh my! Are you are you burping in the intro? Yes. Damn, it's gonna be a good good episode. Uh, but then we have number seven. Teen with. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's glorious. With uh, Ed Sheeran, perfect. Uh, which is also what that pause was. Uh, so now we actually have the episodes we're reviewing. First is going to be by uh, someone who we've reviewed before on this podcast. Uh, this dude named Sean Mendez. Um, he, ooh, what other songs did he do before? I know the name though. He did. A, he did a song that wasn't Stitches, which is the superior song to whatever we <laughs> reviewed by him. You just said the word song uh-huh. by pronouncing the S and then stopping and then saying Ong. <laughs> like, oh, it's Ong. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did, did I? Yeah. Wait, it's weird. Oh man, like, it's Ong. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be like, repeat that in the playback. Yeah. Yeah. He did a song that a song that. <laughs> I guess I did shit well you know Josh it's okay (laughs) (laughs) god damn it Uh, okay well it's called In My Blood In My Blood interesting I hope there's a there's a white blood cell analogy in there somewhere there's not I'm gonna be really offended Um, yeah let's see what it sounds like help me it's like the walls are caving in Sometimes I feel like giving up No medicine is strong enough Someone help me Crawling in my skin Sometimes I feel like giving up But I just can't It isn't in my blood oh. Damn, that's a really high note. It isn't in my blood. Shut in your drink. <laughs> Yo, what was with that last note? It isn't in my blood. You know what it was? It's like, it started so quiet, and like, it was the combination of like the quiet to the loud, but also with like the strain in his voice. Right. It was just, it was a lot. Can you imitate it? (laughs) Uh, yeah. Uh, it is in my blood. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, that was that was not as good as I I didn't. Yeah, it was funny, <laughs> anyway, um, let's actually talk about the song. Stay making fun of it. Um, I will. Well, <laughs> I was about to be like, he has a good singing voice. And yeah. then that last note happened. No, yeah, he, his voice is. I think overall he has a very solid voice. I think. I honestly think his voice is kind of buried in the mix a little bit. Um, um, so I guess maybe it sort of blends in the chorus. Yeah, at least in the chorus. Um, yeah. I think the songwriting on this one is kind of what's hurting it the most to me. I think the production is fine, if not a little bit straightforward. Um, his vocal performance is, is solid, but I don't know. Song is just not. I feel like even if the lyrics were interesting, it just wouldn't be that like interesting of a song. No, I guess. I mean, I initially was like, no, I don't need to look at the lyrics, but uh, it, it helps to be more, yeah, incisive when I'm critical of it. So, right. I mean, without even looking at it, but I would say it's one of those songs which are excessively. Uh, vague or ex- no, sorry, excessively um, g- general. Yeah, excessively non-specific or detailed. Right. Like most top forty songs are kind of like that, but this one is even more so, in my opinion. Mm. It just you know the walls are giving in. He's overwhelmed and insecure. He's anxiety. He wants it to get better, and that's pretty much he says that thing in two or three different ways, and then just repeats all the lines. Yeah, and you and you have no idea what he's causing. It, like what, you know? It's like it's hard to. It's relatable because everyone feels that way sometimes, but it's not. Uh, it's not um, evocative or interesting or um, yeah. like I don't feel anything because I don't. I'm like yeah, I feel those ways, but I don't know why or how you really think about it. Right. It's just like if you're having a conversation with someone and they're like man, I, I feel insecure or overwhelmed. You immediately ask them, like, oh, why? What's going on? Yeah, like, you, why? You know, like, you actually hear a story so you can relate and, mm-hmm. and have a connection, mm-hmm. which the song never goes there. I kind of thought he was talking about, like, a relationship because he was like, I need somebody new. He, like, intersplices that line into the chorus. So I think it is about, like, a breakup. Maybe he says that. I think I think so. I mean, it, it kind of. I know he says he needs somebody. Yeah. Because he's lonely in some way. Yeah, I thought he said somebody new, but I could be making that up. Um. Oh no, he says yeah. He just says I need somebody now. Oh, I need somebody now. Okay. Right, which I guess doesn't even mean a relationship. It maybe he like needs a friend to talk to about his feelings. But I mean. Those general feelings, I mean, a, a good singer, in my opinion, can still make you feel the emotion, even if the words are generic, mm-hmm. which he also did not do. It sounded like... Yeah. Sort of candy-coated mall music. Right. It did sound very, like, mall music, right? Uh, not my thing. Or, like, you'd hear it, like, in the background, like, at a... Yeah, like, at a party, or if you were, like, yeah. going to the gallery or Just, something. Yeah. Straightforward pop with... Yeah twinge of Christian rock vibe, which I... Right? It kind of had a little bit of Which I don't enjoy. Don't enjoy. I, you know, depending on the kind of Christian rock, I feel like for me, 
this is this is like a weird specific genre, but I feel like Christian metal like can be good. If like done P.O.D. I would say that's like Christian hard rock. I wouldn't say that's Christian metal. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, you said metal, sorry. If anything, it's like Christian new metal. Yeah. You know, but like... They had a couple songs. I remember being like a teen and being like, oh, this is all right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Like Alive and... um, uh, Oh, God, you remember Youth of the Nation? You remember that song? Not really. It was about the school shooter. Oh man, it was it was real evocative and shit. <laughs> you got so like in, like serious and engaged. It's so evocative. It's really evocative. Bro. <laughs> you need to hear that shit. It's fucking great. It's fucking evocative, bro. I got um, a tattooed in my. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like it's one of those songs where like you listen to it as a kid and you're like, oh yeah, this is like getting really intense and like talking about serious issues and then you listen to it when you're older and you're like damn that was like some pandering Mm -hmm. like kind of hardcore no I had this thought I'm gonna write a poem about it because I had this thought which I found interesting is that I'll try to explain it um the powers that be they know I feel like they well even if they don't know but suppose they know that um they have this advantage over the masses because even though the people that want to maybe reform gun laws and make change. Mm-hmm. Even though it's the majority of people want to do that, the thing is that making dra- making the kind of change that um, impacts lives, it takes a lot of time and effort. Yeah. And the I feel like that most of the fruits of the effort are going to be for the next generation. Right. So it's like people have to put in so much work and they're not even going to see the fruit of it. They just have to be like so selfless that they're just going to do what's right. Yeah. And it's and I don't blame people because it's really hard to make that yeah. effort and sacrifice. And you know, it's it's kind of plays in the favor of the powers that be. Um yeah. yeah, I mean like one small example is like MLK, like Oh yeah, for and sure. And it's what's so crazy is like one of his last speeches, he's like I'm not going to make it there with you. He's like, yeah. he's like, and he starts saying these things that are super specific. Like, I, th- I think I'm going to die soon. Oh shit. And it's like, you just get like chills in your arm. Cause he's like still like, in, like inciting the people to passion and to do what's right. But he's like, I'm not going to get there with you, but I've seen the promise line. Like I've yeah. seen it, but I'm not going to make them with you. Yeah. And, shit, uh, dude. But yeah, I mean, he fucking did it. He's it's just committed, crazy. committed to the cause. You know, and I wonder if, like, that has to do, like, the powers that be, like you were saying, I wonder if that has to do with how, with how things have changed, like, uh, like, on a, on a, on a socioeconomic level for, like, a lot of people and their, the way that they, um, the way that they consume media and the way that they, like, think about the world now. Because I think that back in the day before, I don't want to be, like, one of those, like, old guys that's, like, smartphones are gonna be the bane of all of our existences, but, like, like, you know, back in the day when people didn't have, like, the immediacy of a lot of, like, the media we have now, um, I feel like, I almost feel like it was more... Uh, I don't want to say easier, but I think that it was more on people's minds to put in, like, the long haul to do work, because sometimes you just kind of had to do that to make things happen in general. Right. So, I wonder if it's harder now for for real change to be seen because people are so used to, like, instant gratification, Mm -hmm. and if they know that it's not going to be for them, then maybe they are, like, less inclined to do it. Um, Which I realize is sort of a huge (laughs) pessimistic way of looking at it. Um... 
No, I think um, I, I think that those uh, hypotheses or that that idea could be there could be merit to that. Like that could be true. Yeah. Like the the way that exactly as you said, like the way that you know people now function and the way that media and technology has sort of trained us for, as you would say, instant gratification or you know more impatient impatience. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're right. It could potentially be have a negative effect on people's willingness to do those things yeah yeah. um yeah and i mean when i went to when i went to atlanta on that trip i didn't say but like it was memorial day on the monday that i left and i had like a lot of the day to be there and for memorial day whether accidentally or not uh we actually ended up going to like the mlk like memorial site Mm-hmm. Uh, which was, like, some heavy, heavy shit, because, like, you know, it was Memorial Day, and I am not from Atlanta, nor am I black, um, but just going there and, like, seeing where he grew up and seeing the church that he preached at and seeing, like, his fucking tomb, like, just there, like, mm-hmm. in the open, like, it's just, uh, I don't know if you've ever been, but, like, when you go, it's literally, like, there's this beautiful, like, fountain area and his tomb is just sitting on top of it and like it's there and like his wife is buried in the same like in the same tomb with him but it's just sitting there like it's floating on top of the water um and it's just like right in broad daylight it's crazy yeah it sounds amazing it's a very humbling experience like to go there and just be like yeah the, like, this was a this was the guy that you know preached intolerance or preached tolerance and just like I had that persistence to to do that and I I was thinking about it and I was meditating on it and was like would I like would I have the patience to fucking sit through that for as long as he did and like really really have the drive right. and it's like I like to think I would but I imagine that you know times would get hard and you'd wonder if it was worth it and I, I think especially for me being a part of the society we're in now, I realize that that immediacy is something that has kind of like it's sort of infiltrated its way into the way that I function like in a day to day life uh kind of accidentally is sort of how it's happened um we were talking last episode too about like you know like Trent Reznor being like, I want people to listen to all my shit on vinyl because everything is like too. It's, like, too, uh, it's too instant and therefore too separated from, like, the thing and, like, the purpose and the meaning. And, uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel like in order to get back to that, you do have to let a little bit of that patience in and you have to be, like, willing to take things a little slower. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, the word you used is a very, it's a very, it could be such a good word for political theory, for poetry, for anything it's the word immediacy like yeah that's that's like the perfect word for the condition is or you know being conditioned to expect immediacy mm. in, in different aspects of your life it's like a really interesting um idea there but uh yeah i mean same with the record like you know if you really think about it it, it is a totally different headspace when you Instead of just flipping open this laptop or whatever this device that does a thousand things, Mm -hmm. you take out a physical thing and you look at it and you're 
preparing yourself to just do this one listening thing. Yeah. And just listen to this one thing. It's like you're you're it's it's almost like this religious a slight religious uh, or ritual kind of thing where it's like <laughs> Yeah. You know, you get this record and you're putting it on, you're listening to it. It's totally different headspace, I think, if you if mm-hmm. you really think about it than than just flipping open Spotify, you know. Right. Um, and it is, I mean, it is site-specific, too, because it's specific to the room you listen to it in and, like, the device you listen to it on. Um, it really forces you to ground yourself and kind of forces you to, like, to be in the moment, like you say. Um, it was actually really cool. Something something happened to me, uh, like, a month ago where there was this band I really, really like called Kiss Kiss. They're from New York. Uh, I think they're from New York originally. And they are a band that is now defunct, but the main guy um, is, like, doing solo work. And I follow their Facebook, even though they're not active, just because, like, I don't know if they if they are ever going to do, like, a reunion show or anything. And I saw on <laughs> their Facebook page that Josh Benash, like, the main guy, was like, hey, you know, I just found, like, an extra 30 copies of our first LP that, like, you know, I thought we had sold them all, but, like, we have, like, 30 more. So if you want them, just, like, email me. And, like, he just gave his email, like, on the Facebook page. It was like, hit me up if you want one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck yeah, because, like, they're, like, a huge, like, indie rock inspiration to me. So I hit him up. I just emailed the main guy of the band and was like, what up, dude? I super would like one if you have any. And he hit me back within, like, five minutes. It was like, yeah, I got one, dude. Like, fuck yeah, thanks for being interested and, like, caring about the band. And I was like, yeah, like, I like I love you guys. And, like, we started a conversation, and it was really cool. And then after that, he just straight up, like, sent me snail mail, and, like, I got the vinyl of it. Oh, wow. And to be honest, like I say, you know, I don't even have a record player, but there's something about having the object that is so, like, special and meaningful and of course, this this makes me inspired to actually save up money to get a record player so I can listen to it uh, yeah. properly. But even just having like the artifact itself is something that's so cool and special and like unique. Um, and yeah, like when I got it, I immediately like you know opened it and like looked at and like pulled it out and looked at it and like looked at all the art. And it was just a cool moment. Um, and that was a moment that was like especially cool because it like connected me to the actual artist, which was awesome. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. I feel like, I feel like with music as with, you know, societal things, sometimes it just takes a little patience and, uh, I think with enough persistence, it can pay off. Yeah. Um. Next song. Yeah, next song. I think, unfortunately, this song was not quite as, uh, <laughs> not quite as requiring of, uh, of that patience, unfortunately. Um, the next song is called Friends. Aww. Is it about us? I I <laughs> hope so. It's by Marshmallow, so I'm, I'm not sure if it is. Uh, Marshmallow and someone just named Anne-Marie. Cool. All right, let's see what you got. Let's see what you're working ooh, with. Ooh, 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 ooh. You say you love me, I say you crazy, we're nothing more than friends. You're not my lover, more like a brother, I've known you since we were like 
pen. Don't mess it up. Talking that shit. Only gonna push me away. That's it. You say you love me. That makes me crazy. Here we go again. Don't go look at me with that look in your eye. You really ain't going away without a fight. You can be reasoned with them. Don't be impolite. I've told you one, two, three, four, five, six thousand times. Have I made it obvious? Have I made it clear? Let me just spell it out for you. F R I N D S. Have I made it obvious? Have I made it clear? Want me to spell it out for you? F R I N D S. F R I N D S. So hold on. Yeah. Um, the, before we listen to the song, it's called Friends. Uh-huh. I turn to Seth and I go, "Is the song about us?" And he says, "Well, I don't. I hope so. We'll find out. It definitely is not about us. It is about us. Wait, what? You Why? There have been so many times when Seth shows up at my door. <laughs> Two in the morning. It's raining. He's soaking wet. And like I'm sleeping. I told you, just F R I N I E N D S. Get it through your head. Don't be insane, Seth. <laughs> but, but Josh, I, I, I just, I just wanted to know if we were really friends. You know, like, like real friend, friendly friends. You know. Uh, I just, I just. Josh is like, I just. It was me that was, was at me. his door. <laughs> Eva told me to go home, or she'd call the cops. So I went home. <laughs> but then, but then I called him back anyway. Yeah. I called him anyway. yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, song. Um, appa- so apparently, Marshmello said that this is the official friend zone anthem, quote unquote, which I could see. That makes sense to me. Sure. Um, anthem. <laughs> you know the anthem. Um, I actually had a fair amount of fun listening to this song. I did. I yeah. I don't know how much of it was because my bro was <laughs> was rocking out with me to it or not. Um, I I liked the way that I don't know. I, I liked the way that like the spelling happened. Sometimes spelling in songs can be kind of annoying, <laughs> but I liked the way that uh, it incorporated. It was incorporated into the chorus. Yeah, me too. It's like it's fun, but then you also learn something. <laughs> like how to spell the word friends. <laughs> it's fun and educational. Yeah. Isn't that what all we want to do with our work at the end of the day, Josh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be fun and educational. Um, yeah, I mean, real talk, I thought that this song was much more... Uh, I know this is going to be a little bit contentious, but I thought this song was more interesting than Wolves, which is the other song that Marshmello was on that we reviewed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was a little more, a little more fun, a little more boppy. Um, I like Wolves more. I don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about Anne Marie's vocals compared to Selena Gomez. I think Selena Gomez has a little more control over her voice. More pump. But there was um, a lot of character in Anne yeah, Marie's voice. Yeah, I agree. I, character, you know, I, I, there's charisma, and I was, in, I thought it was fun and funny and. Mm-hmm. From her voice to the synths and the melodies, and there's, it reminded me of sort of late '90s pop, R&B pop, where there's a lot going on at certain times and different little noises that coming in and out for like a five sec, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and different tones, like we were totally laughing at the drums during the bridge when they got all low and <laughs> reverberated, and 
Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun song. I actually, my comparison is that I just saw, um, I just saw the new Solo movie, the new Star Wars movie that came out, and I went in to that movie with pretty low expectations uh, because I was like, oh, the guy that's in it, I don't really think he looks or acts like actual Han Solo like in my opinion so I'm just gonna throw all my expectations out the window and just try to have a good time with it and I ended up having a pretty good time with it it was a fun movie it was disposable it was kind of forgettable but like in the moment I had a good time watching it and uh if I if like other people were like hey would you see it again I'd be like if I had friends with me then yeah sure I'd see it again yeah and I think that's kind of similar to this song like it is what it is it kind of is what it says on the tin like for as far as like who's making it and who's singing it like it's a it's a dead mouse copy with like a kind of unknown singer singing it but it's here to have a fun time and be a goofy friend zone anthem and i think it achieves that in my opinion yeah. Out, the one <clears throat> one knock on it is like Thank you. Yeah. As much fun as I was having, <clears throat> like, the last chorus, I started to get fatigued. I, mm. I started to feel like, ah, I'm not having as much fun, and it's <laughs> slightly going to maybe become irritating. So I don't know. Mm. The thing is, I had fun listening to it now, but I don't know if I heard it again, if I could have fun again, or if I'd just be irritated. Got it. You I think, think you... I'd probably have fun if it was at a party and I could goof off, but... Right. You think it kind of outstayed its welcome a little bit? It's it's sort of like a one. It might be like a one trick pony. Like that was kind of funny and fun, but I would not maybe maybe not want to hear it again. Yeah, I agree. I think unless if it was in like a party setting and I could goof off with my friends while I was listening to it, maybe I'd listen to it again. Um, on that note, what's up with this also being the second song with a weird ass vocal outro? <laughs> like, is that just a theme of this night? Yeah, maybe. Just watch the next song. There's gonna be like a fucking yodeling. We should kid talk passage. though about have you ever tried to uh, push a friendship to something more and gotten rejected? Yeah, totally. That's totally happened. For or is sure. that is that too much to unpack right now? Uh, no, it's like I mean the the one time that it, that it happened and I was actually like kind of bummed out. It was somebody that I thought was feeling the same vibe, mm-hmm. um, and it was actually kind of it was actually kind of unfortunate how it happened because it was in college and uh, I had a crush on a girl and we were friends, and I didn't realize it at the time, but her her friends were like very uh, they were very like gossipy and chatty. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I thought we were all t- I thought we were all tight and that friends could keep secrets. And so, you know, me and this girl were like hanging out and I like confessed to one of her friends one day. I was like, "Yeah, you know, like I think she's kind of cute. Like I might like I might actually like ask her on a date, you know." Yeah. yeah. And the girl was like, "Oh, really?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know, we'll see what happens." And the girl was like, "Okay, yeah, like that sounds fun. Like hell yeah." yeah. But then when I saw the girl in question next, she like wasn't talking to me. Oh, and I was like, "Oh shit! I think the I think the words slipped out." That's not a friend. Yeah, no, no the I, one that you liked. Yeah, 
Well, okay, I'm being really mean. Okay, she well, is a friend. She is a friend, but that that's a very immature way to respond to that. It's. I mean, it was also college, and I don't think anybody knew what was going on. I don't really blame her for it because, again, it's right. like, you know, if you're friends with somebody and you find out that they have a crush on you and you don't have a crush on them, it's kind of like, what do you do? I think that because we're adults now, I think that what you would do is you would like go to them and be like, hey, like I think you're cool and I like hanging out with you, but like I, yeah. I don't think of you that way. No, it's it's a learning experience. Yeah, totally. yeah being, being older, it seems so obvious that the mature, respectful thing to do to a friend would be to address it directly. Exactly. Immediately, not just be cold to them. Right. It's, it's weird. Um, but I was all, I think I was more upset with, with who, obvi- who like the person who obviously like told them like mm-hmm. this kind of deep thing that I didn't want getting out. Right. I was kind of more upset with that and, and like with the gossipy if gossipy ish nature of it all. Right. Um, so I kind of actually stopped hanging out with that friend group because I was like, well, if this is like how they treat like an actual secret, then I don't know how they feel about me. So I'm just going to bounce. Right. And then I didn't. I moved on with my life and it was fine. So like, you know, it wasn't a big deal. It's hard. Okay. It's hard because anytime that you have feelings for someone, um, like your brain chemistry changes. Right. So it, it can become hard to decipher if the other person is having similar feelings or if you're just deluded because your brain is doing things. Right. Because I've been in very similar uh, situations and... I think without fail every time <laughs> I'm just I go to that place of oh I'm delusional and, and there's no way they could like me and I just Aww. don't even do anything well yeah. I think that is I think there is a chemical thing though like I think that when you make a new friend and you feel any sort of attraction towards them I think that your brain just like kicks in yeah um, and you just kind of either have to push it down or, like, if the mood is right and you feel like it's not inappropriate, then you, like, address it in a way that is, like, civil and polite. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it was probably for the best that that particular crush didn't work out. Because, right. like, you know, when I stopped hanging out with them, they were, they were hanging out with people that I was, like, that wasn't really my scene anyway. Yeah. And I think that looking back on it, like, it wouldn't have, you know, like, it wouldn't have worked. It was just, like, a, like a crush. Um, so honestly, it's probably for the better that it didn't work out. Yeah, I have a general feeling of that that as well. Yeah, that was my was my would have beens. <laughs> yeah, I mean sometimes it's like it's funny to look back on the on like crushes, and like you know be like yeah that was like a fun time or like yeah that was like a a moment in my life when that was happening. I've never. Like, I've experienced it a couple times, though, where, like, you know, friend, like friends have come up to me and been like, hey, like, you're really cool, and I just want to make sure that, like, you're, you're cool being, like, friends with me and, like, not anything else. And, like, most of the time when that happens, like, I'm also feeling, like, the platonic vibes. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of the times when that's happened to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I'm totally on board. Like, let's just, like, chill and be homies. And they'd be like, all right, sweet. But, like, that's literally all it takes. Like, yeah. it's kind of amazing how easy it is. And I think that, I mean, I think it's easy to work it up in your head as being, like, this big thing. Um but I honestly like I don't really believe in like the friend zone. I think that the friend zone is just like an excuse for like stubborn people to like not get over the fact that they have a crush on somebody and it's not going to be reciprocated. 
Um, which I know sounds kind of like a dick move, but I feel like if... No, no, I, I don't think what you said was a dick move. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I, I also have, I also struggle to understand what the friend zone means. Well, what the friend zone means is it's like you have a crush on somebody and they like put you in the friend zone, quote unquote, which is like, they're being like, oh, let's do like friend things, but like not datey things, which is like, well, yeah, like if they're not into you, then like, why would they, you know? Hmm. I feel like the friend zone is just, like, a fabricated thing by, like, needy men. Um, sorry, people that feel like they've been friend zoned. My bad. But that's kind of how I feel about it. I kind of... I'm kind of of the opinion of, like, if somebody doesn't reciprocate a crush, then, like, it's fine. There's other people out there. Like... Yeah, I mean... You know? <laughs> um, I don't think... I don't think I guess, it's... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, I'm just, like, thinking about it, like... No, yeah, I'm sorry to keep cutting you off. No, 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 I was cutting you off. (laughs) Um, just... Well, I'm gonna continue then. Go ahead, yeah. Uh, my last thought on that is that I, from experience, I had a very long crush on somebody for, like, over five years. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that, like, I, like, even in those five years, I didn't feel like I was being friend-zoned at all. Like, I felt like I just had a crush on somebody and I hadn't said anything yet. Yeah, um, no, yeah, see, what you just said is why I was, that's what I was trying to work out in my mind is you can only be friend-zoned if you don't talk about it. Exactly, exactly. It's just, it's like if you have feelings but you don't talk about it, so you, I, I almost feel like it's maybe most of the time the person knows deep down that the other person doesn't reciprocate <laughs> right. but they like the they they like the not knowing because there's a sliver of hope yeah they're like holding out that hope so like they're holding out the hope even yeah. though they know it's not there and so they're like oh i'm getting friend zoned because they're not rejecting me over uh, directly yeah because i'm not bringing it up directly yeah you know um, or as people in the uk say it they're carrying a torch for a person right which I kind of like that term. It's nice. Because um, I feel like it, it kind of brings up that feeling of, like, this sort of, like, lonely solitude of, like, you're just, like, holding a torch for somebody. So, like, if they lose their way or if they get lost in the dark, like, with their own relationship, then you, like, have the torch and you're like, oh, I'm ready. I've been here. Like, let's right. hang out. Um, to me, though, I feel like the the other way is, like, if you do sub- tell somebody your feelings and they lead you on, like, intentionally, like, to use you... I feel like that's not even friend zoning. I think that's just like manipulation, that's like straight really up. Mean, yeah. Like I've 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 never experienced that myself because the times that I've been rejected, I'm just kind of like, okay, like <laughs> that's fine. I right. get it. Right. But like I've had other friends where they'll like there were certain people where they'd be like, oh, like maybe later or like oh, like not not right now, but like that's really sweet and like I'll keep you around. Like, that's the kind of shit where it's like, okay, that's, like, definitely you're being manipulated and, like, yeah. that, needs to, that needs to not happen. Um, but those times are very rare, I find. A lot of the time it's just, like, people being afraid to communicate their feelings. So, yeah. I don't know. Sorry, guys, if you feel like you're being friend-zoned. Uh, you know, sometimes people aren't into you and that's okay. Yeah. There'll be other people out there that will appreciate you and love you and find you attractive for who you are. So, yeah, don't, you know, I used to take it hard when I was younger if, uh, 
I would get ignored by people. Oh yeah, me too. But it's dude. like you get older and it just starts not mattering. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, like, it's like whatever. I don't even care. Yeah, exactly. I mean, believe believe you me. Once you get into the real world and like. I mean, there's so many, like, dating apps. There's so many things out there where you can meet people, and there's so many people out there that, like, if if your one perfect crush doesn't reciprocate your feelings, then, like, don't sweat it. There's, like, a ton of people out there you can talk to. Yeah. And, like, I'm sure there will be other people that will reciprocate those feelings that yeah. you'll find. And you'll even feel those same chemical highs with yeah. another person. It's yeah. Not, it's not a one-only thing. Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's all good. Yeah, so don't give up hope, but at the same time, don't, you know, don't believe in the friend zone. It's uh, it's just people to people, man. That's all it is. Uh, anyway... <laughs> To that, after Sorry. that heavy, at, well, that wasn't even a heavy topic. No, I just I started thinking about my uh, bachelorhood, <laughs> which I'm very happy with. So yeah, no, it's. I mean, I imagine that must be fun. You know, being able to just like hang out, be a bachelor, possibly regrow that beard. Oh yeah, it's coming back in, man. Do what you want, yeah, man. No, I'm probably gonna shave it soon. Oh okay. It's been a couple weeks, but I'm gonna shave it. Yeah, I don't know. I could never, I could never handle the beard. I think it was too itchy for me. Except for that one time I took that driver's license photo. Yeah. That's that's the only time I've ever needed a beard, and then I just am keeping that forever. Um so next on our on our wild adventure here is a, is a, a song by a band called Juice World. Um and I actually think Juice World is a single person. I think it's a rapper. World is all caps W R L D. So Juice World. No, oh yeah, Lucid yeah. Dreams. Lucid Dreams. Oh, this this is going to turn pornographic. Oh boy, um, I sure hope it does. That would be fun. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's a family program. Uh, kids don't drink and drive. Anyway, you just got our second strike. Thanks, Seth. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> I was doing so well. Anyway, let's check it out. Replace you up. Easier said than done. I thought you were the one listening to my heart instead of my head. You found another one, but I am the better one. I won't let you forget me. Yep. Well, looks like someone was listening to a lot of my chemical romance. Dude. Right? How it's so weird that we had that same thought. <laughs> That's so weird, dude. Because I was gonna be, I was gonna say like a very similar. It's 2018 R&B pop version of emo. Yeah, it totally, totally is. And so it has the slight cheese factor. Yeah. But it has the sincere factor. Yeah. And I felt like the production, and I like the keyboard sound, and the vo- and the vocal delivery, and. Mm-hmm. Overall, I feel like they presented a mood that was a little more believable than the other two songs. And if you want to just sort of downer R&B hop, pop song, like, 
I feel like it's decent, you know. Mm-hmm. I could be drunk at a party and be like, ah, oh, yeah, getting in the feels right now. Yeah. Even though there's slight cheese here and there, it's like I'm. I was down with that. I enjoyed that. It's like it's like <laughs> it's like Nightmare Before Christmas core. <laughs> you know I, yeah i was like this is somebody who likes trap but also shops at hot topic mm-hmm. um i mean i don't mean to rag on on scene kids because <laughs> i was almost one um but i don't really know i don't really know how i feel about the sincerity though i feel like it just felt a little bit too like precious you know like it felt a little bit just like oh man this girlfriend was the only thing I ever had I now I gotta I gotta replace her but I'm sad and stuff I don't know there was something about it I liked the vibe and I actually didn't mind his voice at all even though it was like you know pretty auto-tuned but there was something about it that didn't really sit right with me. Um, I mean, it's still... I would still put it in the sort of plastic product aisle. Right. But it was... Uh, did its job. It did, it did its job in a way that was more convincing than most. Sure. Um, um, I actually liked that line, though, because when relationships end, I think for the most part, one or both parties have this feeling of... There are, the, there are these problems that I we I don't think we can or I don't want to work through. Right. And it's pretty much because you can't change them and you don't want to accept them. So okay, it's you know, it's like I don't I can't change you, so I'm gonna eventually have to replace you. Or I don't want to accept you and work through things, so I'm gonna have to. You know, it's it's a very quick, callous way of putting it, but it is true. I mean, that's why people break up. Right. You know, otherwise they would work it out, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like there was just, like, a uh, a weird kind of, like, uh... I almost feel like there was, there was sort of, like, an objectifying thing going on there. Maybe that maybe that's what, I'm, like, made me feel weird. Because I feel like there was, like, there was the, the talk of replacement, but then there was also the talk of, like, them being plastic. And there was also, like, the talk of them being, like, fake or cheap, which all, like, were attributes that, like, you know, objects have. So yeah. so maybe that's maybe that's what I felt. I felt a little bit of, like, a touch of that, and maybe that made me feel weird about it. Um, but that all being said, I think that your argument is valid in that, like, sometimes, you know, like, and sometimes when you're trying to rebound off of a relationship that was really deep, and, like, you're trying to get over it sometimes. Like, you know, rebounds are, like, ways that people cope. So, I mean, you know, it's a thing that people do. I guess I can't deny that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, rebounds is such a weird, tricky... Uh, there's this, like, it sort of... There's a certain uh, connotation for me with that word that is very negative. It's... It almost has this connotation of... I don't want to feel pain or Mm. reflect on myself and grow, so I'd rather distract myself from it. (laughs) Well, a lot of the times that's what it is. Which is, that seems like a very (laughs) negative, bad thing. It it is, but um, I think, again, I think that, like, rebounds are not necessarily something 
that are always negative. I think that if, like, if you're going into something or, like, you meet someone at a bar and you're trying to do something casual, again, I think that if you communicate, like, hey, I'm just getting off of something, so, like, would you just want to, like, do something fun for a night? I think as long as you communicate that and they're down, then, like, you know, do what you do what you want to do, man. But, uh, I don't think rebounds are ever meant to be, like, anything where you're actually connecting on a deeper level like you're not trying to get have like a relationship or look deeper into it you're just trying to like be with somebody so you're like not feeling lonely like after you're out of a relationship um so i think there is like that in itself sounds uh well i guess i mean it's you know people consent to that which is fine yeah but there's something i don't know there's something that's that seems I mean, there is like unsettling. a it's like it's like a very sad, lonely thing to do. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like why why would you use someone else to distract you from pain or your own growth that you need to do? You know, right? With I mean, it's like I guess you know if the other person just wants to get off, it's fine. But I don't I don't know. There's part of me is like, why wouldn't you just fucking masturbate? Like. <laughs> Like, right. I mean, and that and that is totally an option as well. I mean, it's... I mean, I think, like, it's something where, like, if you're living with somebody for a long time and you're used to sleeping next to somebody and, right. like, it's just, like, hard. And, like, if you're having a rough time and it's hard for you to do that, like, I could see somebody wanting to rebound. Um, again, I think as long as it's consensual, then I don't think there's really a problem with it as long as you kind of know what's happening and like you have a very specific like reason but then the and then the other question is like who would who would want to do like who would want to be like yeah you know this person uh they just want a body next to them it could be any fucking body they don't give a shit <laughs> like yeah i'll be that body like I'm, there's some there's something that feels slightly degrading about that there is but at the same time i think that there's i mean i think there is something empowering about like being like I'm just going to like someone like someone feels like they want me for for a reason for this night so like I will do that and like I'm cool with that right I think I, I think that there's different levels of like connection with people as well um, not all of them are permanent and not all of them are deep. You know, I think that you can, I think you can hook up with somebody and like you could both have a great time and then not have it be a regular thing. Like there could be, yeah. there could be one night stands that are totally fine and like cool. Yeah. But, but to do it, to do it as a distraction or a um, procrastination of facing pain and facing right problems that need to be in, like investigated like right. that i mean because that's why it's like I, I have nothing against one night stands but if someone is like clearly broke like really having emotional problems yeah. because of a breakup and they're like trying to just distract themselves from it with it with sex like yeah i would be like hey like you know i'd normally be down but may i think you should probably it might be better if you have a therapy session than just like <laughs> have sex with me tonight like that would probably right. be better for you right than this yeah and i mean i'm not saying that rebounds are necessarily healthy like you'll still wake up feeling shitty like i'm sure but um personally if someone did that with another consenting adult, I wouldn't judge them for it. I don't know if I would do it myself, because again, like you say, I feel like that's, there's there's something that is sort of like 
putting a band-aid on it well, instead of really I would I would just say okay me personally if I got those vibes from someone I would be turned off so yeah that's probably why I wouldn't do it I would just be turned off because I would start feeling like this person is in a very broken place and I I just would feel awkward being that intimate with someone sure. that's so broken and and you know so lost sure you know it's that's that's totally different from someone that's like no I just you know I just want to get off and yeah you know yeah that's totally fair I I think that realistically if someone if I was single and someone like approached me like that right I feel like I I feel like instead of being like cool let's like have sex I feel like I would rather be like hey like let's just like let's just like get some food or like get something and we can just like talk or yeah. like if you need to vent yes, or exactly that's part of it is I would probably feel like you know you really just need a friend to listen or a therapist yeah, like yeah. You, like sex is not <clears throat> going to help you like you, right. you need something other than that yeah um I don't think I yeah I agree with like I don't think I would necessarily do a rebound if I knew someone was wanting it but I think that I wouldn't I don't think I would I would necessarily like back away but I would definitely like be like hey like are you okay do you like need to talk about something with with like a person that is chill and like willing to like hang with you for the night right um yeah because I agree I think that the entrap the the trappings of sex and like I mean the one night standiness of it it's like you're gonna have sex and then you're gonna wake up and like probably either feel worse or feel the same um, unless if unless if during that exchange something really comes out and then you and your partner end up talking about it anyway um, right so but that's just like my opinion man again like I you know if if two consenting adults want to do a rebound and they feel like that's cool then you know go for it but uh that's what I would do yeah I guess yeah uh, just to, to summarize it, I just sort of vibe things out. Like, yeah, if I get sort of a broken, lost, or desperate vibe, I I usually get turned off, and I just I get you know pump the brakes. Yeah, but that's just me, man. You know. Yeah. If other people get that vibe and they're down, that's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, next song. Yeah, let's see the next song. Sweet. Um, got some, got some sad juice up in the club. Some, some real sad juice. I wonder what flavor that would be. We have one more, right? Yes. Okay, yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> riding that train. The last song is a Drake song because, of course, it is, and it is called "I Shit You Not." I'm upset. Well, let's, uh, let's hopefully find out why. Yeah, I hope he tells us why. Poor little, poor little guy. I think he just doesn't know what to do with his money. There's too much of it. What do you do with it? It's a possibility. Well, that being it's said, it's upsetting. Okay. That being said, there is. I think there is a backstory on this song, which uh, if it comes up, we will talk about it. Let's begin. I'm upset 
thousand on my head is disrespect. So offended that I had to double check. I'ma always take the money over sex. That's why they need me out the way, would you expect? Got a lot of blood and it's cold. They keep trying to get me for my soul. Thankful for the women that I know. Can't go 50 50 with no hope. Right? Right. So, uh, Josh, how'd you, how'd you feel about that one? Seth. <laughs> yes, Josh. Who was upset? Um, I think he was. Who's he? Um, uh, I think Drake was. Drake? Yeah. Well, you're wrong. Aubrey Graham is who was upset. Oh! <laughs> Aubrey Graham is a songwriter. That's some funny-ass shit. So, yeah, there you go. Aubrey Graham is really fucking pissed. Cause, so, uh, you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. <laughs> That's just... Right? That kind of is just the perfect... And we're doing the rankings. This one is hey. the last one. So, you know what? Before... We... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, before we do the rankings, I just want to say... Um, I was joking. I liked the production... Um, so here's actually, let me just explain. What do you know, my, my good man, about the Pusher T Drake beef? How much of it do you uh, know? I know nothing. Oh, strap in, I, son. I feel like it's fake, but yeah, tell me. Oh, it's real. All right. This is much more real than the Drake Meek Mill beef. Wait, let me call Justin Timberlake to make sure if it's real or fake. Hello, Justin. Yeah. Justin sings, yeah. <laughs> uh, Justin, the new Drake song. Um, my friend Seth, uh, he was saying there's some sort of beef with him mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Pusher T, I think. Oh, yeah, that's is that, right. Is that real or fake? Oh, it's so real, Josh. Uh, all right, thanks, Justin. I'll, I'll hit you back later. No problem, bud. All right, click. Bloop. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, JT confirmed it. <laughs> it's real. real as shit. So, check it. So, here's what happened. <laughs> So, um, I hope JT feels better. It sounded like he had a cold or something. Yeah. Damn. Um, anyway, so, here's what happened. Uh, Pusha T, very, very famous, uh, infamous, I should say, big street not cred. Be, not to be confused with Mr. D. That's, yes, that is very different. Don't confuse them. Mr. T... Pity's the fool. Mm-hmm. Pusha T raps at fools. Uh, Pusha T has been in the rap game for a long time. He was a more underground, uh, but still very legendary rapper. Uh, Drake is a, uh, you know, gained prominence after being in Degrassi. He's from Canada. He raps about how he, sad he is and how much he appreciates girls. So, Basically, Pusha T has been taking shots at Drake and his songs for a pretty long time. Oh, thank you. I already like him. <laughs> a good, like, four or five years. Um, he just, you know, very light little jabs here and there, just, like, making fun of Drake. And uh, Drake has not really responded that, that badly. But Pusha T has a new album that just came out, which is produced by Kanye West. Oh, yeah. 
It is a... Uh, yes, Kanye's involved. Uh-huh. Yes, Kanye's involved in fucking with Drake. I love it. Yep. So it's a pretty fun album, but there's one song on said album called Infrared, and it takes a pretty specific shot at Drake. Um, again, kind of a friendly jab, not mentioning him by name, not doing anything specific, just... Making fun of him because he ghostwrites and shit, you know, the usual fare. And Drake, fresh off of his beef with Meek Mill and seemingly not having anything to do before his new album release, which hasn't been released yet, decides to write a response track called The Duppy Freestyle, wherein he takes very specific shots not only at Pusha T, but also at Kanye, which is kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Um, he oh basically says Pusha T doesn't actually sell drugs, says he's not actually that hard, said that Drake, even mentioning Pusha T's name, will sell Pusha T more records, so really he's doing him a favor, all this shit. <laughs> and on top of that, Drake mentions Pusha T's fiance's name, like her name in his verse. Doesn't even mention Pusha T's name. So, after that happens, he then follows that up with this song. Okay. Which uh, is basically kind of him being like, oh, woe is me. Everything is so hard. I was just upset. That's why I wrote that. But shout out to all the women in my life that I really like. Uh-huh. So. Thanks, Aubrey, for writing that for me. Thanks, Aubrey. Exactly. So. I mean, I, just. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah. So, Pusha T, not being one to take shit from Drake, fires back a track called Life of, most people are pronouncing it Adidas. It looks like Adidas. I don't think it's Adidas. But the album art <laughs> features Drake in blackface. Mm. Which is a real photo that Drake took. Mm. Uh, that is the album art for the single. So already shots fired. <laughs> Drake shot himself in that one. Exactly, he did. And the, I mean, the photo was up. It was on the photographer's website. Pusha T literally just found it and was like, "Here you go." And in that track, Pusha T basically proceeds to tear Drake a new asshole. Thank you. Um, yes. And he was basically like. Basically, in, so in response to Drake mentioning his fiance by name in the track, Pusher T reveals, although it's not yet been confirmed, that not only did Drake uh, basically knock up a prostitute, but that he's now a deadbeat dad and basically doesn't ever see his son or pay child support. So, <laughs> um, there's no way for me to know what's true or not. Yeah, I mean, I I, I almost feel like how could he lie about that? Right. It seems weirdly specific and like very pointed for him to bring up. The rest of the track is just like completely like, like the first line of the track. He's like, he's like ghostwriting aside, fame aside. Let's talk about your ego. Like that's the first line, and then just proceeds to like tear him a new asshole. Um. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm I haven't heard this Pusher T guy, but like I'm instantly 
team him <laughs> just because I don't like Drake. Yeah, no, you should listen to him. He uh, he's he's very good. He's been around for a while. Uh, he was a part of a rap duo whose name I am forgetting now because I'm a terrible person. But uh, they're also really good, and I will drop that info into this episode. But uh, no, yeah, I mean Drake is a he's a joke to me. Yeah. I don't want to sound mean, but he's a joke to me. He just, uh, you know, basically the way everyone's looking at it is like, he's a well-known rapper, he is good at what he does, but he doesn't really have any place to be, like, trying to battle rap people, you know? Like, he has his place in the rap pantheon, and it's certainly not with the likes of Pusher T, who, like, has been doing this, you know, much, much longer than Drake has. So, um, that's kind of the background of the whole thing. Um, recently, basically, it came to light that, uh, Drake, I want to say it was Drake's management, basically went to him and was like, look, dude, like, it's not worth it to push this, like, it's already been bad PR for everybody, so let's just, like, not respond to Pusher T. Right. So he was like, alright, sweet. And so far, nothing else has come out. So, um... That's kind of where the beef has gone. Um, it was kind of exciting to see somebody actually fire real shots at Drake. Because the last time this happened, it was, like, Meek Mill, who was, like... He was all right, but, like, his, his responses were not strong at all, and Drake just, like, completely tore him apart. Right. But this time, it was, like, this is a guy who actually, like, knows his stuff. So... Right. Anyway. So Drake was, like... He killed me, but... I make more money and get more streams, so I should probably ignore it, even though he did, <laughs> even though he got the best of me. Yeah. I should ignore it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what his PR people told him, and that's probably, he figured at that point, he's like, if I say anything more, then Pusha T might have more ammo that he could fire at me. Right. I mean, the, yeah. Because, like, if he, if there's, like, talk of, like, a baby mama and, like, him being, like, a deadbeat dad, like, who knows what else Pusha T has that he knows about. So at this point, Drake is kind of just like, fuck it, and has resigned himself to not saying anything else. Um, So that is the context of this song. Uh, I don't know if the lyrics are more in line because of that or not, but that's kind of where it sits. Um, Still a pretty underwhelming song overall, though, I would say. Yeah, I mean, this is the problem, is that the person who is Drake... Right. I am totally unimpressed with. <laughs> okay. And I it's just again, he's a joke. He just I don't I don't care about him at all. But the thing is that 90% like that sounds scientific. The the vast <laughs> the vast yeah. majority of the work produced under the name Drake mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the person Drake. Sure. I so can see that. There are there are certain things about uh the songs and music associated with his name that I I do enjoy and think are cool or, you know, I'm interested in, Mm -hmm. but he's just a fate, he's just a symbol for something, like, he's, you know, he's the the poster on the wall that's advertising something, like, Mm -hmm. uh... I can't think of a I can't think of an analogy, but it's like if you see a poster for like a burger, you know, like Drake is the poster, he's not the burger. Right. So it's like if you like the burger, 
you like the burger, you don't like, you know, the poster. Got so it. it's like, yeah. Some so when I say there's certain things about Drake that I like, it's not him. Like he's not really talented or interesting. <laughs> Damn. He's just a face for something. Like because if you look at his shit, like the majority of it is written by other people. Sure. And he just has and like there's maybe some appeal with his tone and vocal delivery that is him but I think predominantly it is the actual music and vibe and like things that are not him right and I mean just personally I don't think his flow or tone or voice is great or exciting or interesting mm. it's just me I think it's yeah. okay he's kind of he's like decent at getting like when he goes into that like let's chill and have like a chill ass party vibe mm-hmm. he's like decent at that but other than that he's just like garbage like he's not I don't respect him or I'm not <laughs> I'm not interested in him as like a rapper or, an, or a lyricist or an artist or like okay. a, even a vocal delivery type per, like there's not much there that's just how I feel it's you know I would argue that like his that like past work of his has been more interesting than what he's put out recently. Um, I would argue that there are certain, again, very specific songs and or mixtapes that I have enjoyed, but they are very, very, they are definitely a minority in comparison to his overall discography, in my opinion. Um, Yeah, it's like, I've, like, because I've looked at, like, not a ton, but I looked at some of his biggest songs, and I'm like, oh, okay, they were they were written by, like, five people that are all not him. Right. You know? Which I think is interesting, because in, in his songs and in his persona, he raps about how, like, you know, this is all me, I did all, I did all this hard work to get here, this is all, like, reflective of what I've done, but then, yeah, it's like he, like, you know, just like many others... Uh, any other, many others of his peers, he works with a lot of people to. You know, make maybe music. maybe he's a smart businessman that knows, that's good at. I'm sure that's part of it. Good at approving which talent is writing his shit, but right. You know, I and mean, it's not like, and I'm not. There's something wrong with having people write your shit. Like, yeah, Elvis didn't write most of the material he sang. Right, but his voice and his charisma, so that's what sold it. Yeah. Whereas Drake, like, I would not even compare Drake's vocal slash char- charisma talents to Elvis. It's not even com- like. Oh close. yeah, yeah, not yeah. Even close. Yeah, not even, not even. As as uh, well, insert Pulp Fiction line here. Ain't the same fucking ballpark. It ain't the same league. It ain't even the same fucking sport. Anyway, well, let's rank these these fuckers. Um, what are you feeling? What are you feeling tonight? It's been a weird night. Um, one is the emo song. Really? Okay. Because I feel like I could listen to it again and not get annoyed. Um, okay. Cool. Whereas the... Fuck, what was the other fun song? Friends? Yeah, Friends was fun, but I, could, I, I feel like I would be more more um, easily irritated and over it. <laughs> okay. So that would be two. And okay. then three is the first track we heard, which I... In My Blood, I think. Mm-hmm. By... Sean Mendez. Mendez is three, and then this is definitely live. I mean, I was actively did not like this. <laughs> okay. Within like thirty seconds, okay, I was wanting it to change. That's fair. Um, man, I think my my list tonight is pretty different from yours, actually. Um, but it's kind of weird because again, this is a night where no, none of them really strongly rose to the top for me. Um. 
it was kind of just like picking from some average songs, in my opinion. Uh, for me, I actually thought Friends was number one. Because um, I had the most fun with it, and it was kind of jokey and kind of silly, and I, I enjoyed it and had a good time and rocked out with my bro to it, so I'm down. Um, number two, I would say, is probably Lucid Dreams. Um, again, I was like, I was a huge, I was not a huge fan of the lyrics, but the production and the emo vibe, I'm kind of a, I have a soft spot for emo, so. So do I, yeah. I was totally okay with it. Yeah. Um, number three, I actually kind of thought this song was number three for me. Um, I will probably regret saying that in retrospect. No, but it's okay. But for tonight, I'm gonna say that it is just because I th- I I liked the production and I liked the way it was kind of like spacey. Um, the lyrics are completely disposable and forgettable, and even like the hook, I didn't even really know where the hook was because it was just kind of like not memorable. But I, yeah, yeah. But I liked the production and I at least could get like a chill vibe from it. Um, and then I think fourth was the Shawn Mendes song because it just was so formulaic. The only thing good about it, in my opinion, was his voice. But outside of that, I didn't really find much to latch on to. So, that was my take. So, I mean, I'll put it this way. That Drake song will be in my bottom five. Damn. Unless there's five DJ blank songs. DJ (laughs) Khaled! Well, you never know, Josh. There might be. I know there's at least one Imagine Dragons song in this season. So it's interesting. It's gonna be an interesting bottom five. Um, well, how's that beer doing? You got another sip in uh, you? There's like one tiny sip left. Okay, cool. Well, um, that's the episode. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, hope you guys are having a lovely day or night, depending on when you're listening. Uh, if you want to comment, let us know what you think of the, of the Drake Pusher T beef in the comments. Let us know if our opinions are correct or if you think we're full of shit. Let us know. Uh, either way, this is my last little little drip here. So I've been Seth. I've been Josh. And I just burped into my nose. Um, you're all the best. Thank you so much for listening as always. Safe travels. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yes, much love. Much love. Oh, yeah.